At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. It is a numbers game here on VSIN. Happy to be with you on the first Tuesday of 2022. I'm Jeff Parles. I'll be in for Gil the rest of the week. Wyatt Tomchak is in my chair today. Uh, Wyatt Tomchak, who uh, does a great job behind the scenes usually, he's a PA and uh, producing a few other shows on the weekend as well. We may do your segment you wanted to do, Wyatt, but I'm going to put the odds at very slim to none. But we may hit it today. I'm just going to tease it that way. I'm glad you you considered it. You Consider, know, I, it's, it's considered. You, you gave me a nice LOL in our text uh, messages last night, so I felt, I felt it uh, deep down in the heart. Well, speaking of uh, deep down, we're going to go to someone who, uh, of course, is on the Deep Dive podcast with him and Andy Molitor. Of course, NBC Sports Edge as well, uh, the Bet the Edge pod with uh, him and Sarah Perlman. It's our usual Tuesday guest here on a numbers game. It is Drew Dinsick. Drew, happy new year. It's good to see yeah. you again in 2022. Oh, of course. Happy new year as well. Uh, good to talk to you in the, in the lead chair today, as opposed to uh, behind the, uh, behind the mic over there. But uh, yeah, great. Uh, looking good. Uh, happy to crack into the card today. We got, uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on this week between the NFL and the NBA and uh, obviously uh, all across the betting space. So uh, happy to be with you. Well, not only that, Drew, we're only a few weeks away from the Aussie Open as well. So uh, we're, we're, we're getting back into the tennis swing as well. Uh, Drew, I just uh, let's look back before we look forward, though, because a very interesting week 17 that we had in the NFL. And really the biggest thing is on the AFC side where the Titans, uh, where I'll, uh, I'll bang the drum that Gill's been banging the whole year with the Titans. The Titans are one win away at Houston this week from getting the number one seed and and Drew, just looking through the current seven playoff teams in the AFC, and we get Chalk winning out this week, there's a legitimate argument to be made that the number one seeded Titans could actually be about the fifth or sixth best team in this field. That's actually being kind to them, I think. <laughs> I think that's being kind. And I don't want to disrespect the Titans because at every time they have been asked to step up and play well in a difficult spot, they have answered this year, uh, notably these last two weeks where, um, you know, they go up against the likes of the, uh, the San Francisco 49ers who were white hot. Uh, dispatch them in a primetime game, and then they come back to back and play a you know a team that was streaking seven wins in a row in the Miami Dolphins, and they absolutely embarrass them. So um, you know their their form is 
relatively sharp, even though, you know, they are without their uh, kind of number one cog on offense. Uh, I say number one, I say that facetiously, uh, you know, Derrick Henry matters. Obviously he's a huge part of their, you know, overall their scheme and their, their situation, but, uh, but pretty clearly having AJ Brown back and healthy makes this team a lot more dynamic. What his, you know, his chemistry with Ryan Tannehill and what they do in the, pl- in the passing game, um, you know, really unlocks a lot of the, uh, you know, they don't need Derrick Henry to get their uh, play action game going um, because, uh, you know, realistically they disguise it so well. AJ Brown is such an important piece in the blocking scheme for their running game. And he's streaking across the middle. People think he's, you know, setting up run blocks, but in reality uh, it's a play action. And, uh, you know, and then once he has the ball in his hands, he doesn't drop it. He can get massive yards after the catch. And it's pretty cool to watch, uh, you know, watch him tear it up in that way. And, um, you know, Tennessee is not, uh, it's not a team that I'm running to the window to get involved with from a future standpoint. Um, but almost certainly the way the market is pricing them, you're going to have value on them in, uh, the divisional round of the playoffs when they're coming off of their buy playing against a team that, uh, you know, probably is going to have to leave it all on the field, even just to get out of the wild card round right now. Uh, as I project the way the seedings are going to shake out your wild card games in the AFC are likely to be two seven between the chiefs and the chargers. That's it's going to be an absolute bloodbath. Your three six looks like Cincinnati Bengals uh, and uh, the Indianapolis Colts to me. Uh, that's going to be a hard fought contest. And then your four five would be Patriots bills. And we know both of those games were uh, extremely competitive as well. So um, realistically, any of those teams comes out and gets the prize of having to go to Nashville, play a team that's coming off a rest that may even have Derrick Henry back. Um, that's going to be a pretty fascinating handicap. And uh, if you're either getting points there with Tennessee or, or laying small chalk with them at home, that's going to be uh, tough to pass on. Oh, and Drew, uh, there are individual results through NFL seasons, especially late in seasons, that changed the course of, honestly, NFL history. Two years ago, Kansas City, who looked like they were going to get the three seed, they they win their game. Miami is a 17-point underdog when Ryan Fitzpatrick goes to New England, wins that game. Kansas City gets the two instead of the three. They end up winning the Super Bowl that year. New England, we all know how that ended. Tennessee knocked them out, and that was it for Brady in Foxborough. Look, I don't want to call the Cincinnati over Kansas City a potential changer for this whole season, but with the way it breaks down now, like you said, the chalk that if we get chalk this week, the Chiefs will have to play the Chargers in the first round. A team that very easily, a fourth down variance, was on the Chargers side a few weeks ago, a team that would have swept them, Drew. Yeah, that's very true. And uh, this path now for the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl sets up Chargers round one, uh, Bengals round two, and then Bills round three, if chalk prevails. And obviously chalk prevailing in this season is not a it's not even <laughs> likely, let alone a guarantee. Um, but you know, that path of quarterbacks, um, you know, Herbert, Burrow, Josh Allen, that's as tough a path as you can construct for any team in three game sequence uh, in these playoffs. All three of those guys are top five quarterbacks in the NFL. And it's, I, and you know, while the 
they do have the advantage of experience. Uh, after you know, it's as crazy as it sounds, Mahomes is a very young guy, um, but he is all of a sudden now one of the he's he's the old man in the room when it comes to playoff experience as a quarterback goes. Um, you know, he has more playoff reps than uh, than Josh Allen, than uh, Carson Wentz, than than uh, Brian Tannehill, even uh, certainly more than you know uh, Burrow and Herbert, who will, and Mac Jones, who will be all three making their first ever playoff starts if they get there. Um, you know, so it's it's funny because as difficult as that path would be and as as fun as those games will be to watch as a fan and handicap as a sports better uh, I can still see a path where Mahomes gets to the Super Bowl he's just going to have to do it the hard way and uh, really the Chiefs are not playing as crisp offensively as you would have hoped if you um, uh, you know had some Chiefs futures in pocket if you had bought low when they were what two and four two and five they were they struggled out of the gate I think their price got up into the uh, you know 11 to 1 range to win uh, definitely 8 to 1 I saw uh, mm-hmm. for them to AFC. So if you're holding one of those tickets, I think you're feeling a little nervous uh, about their path. However, you know, experience in the playoffs matters a ton and Mahomes will be the most experienced guy in the AFC field. Drew, uh, just looking at the NFC side, of course, we know, uh, we know all but one of the playoff teams now with Philadelphia clinching this, uh, this past week, it comes down to the Niners beat the Rams. They're in the Niners lose to the Rams and the saints beat Atlanta. They're in uh, look, this NFC playoff picture, it, it, it to me, the whoever the six and the seven seeds are, they don't really have a chance unless if San Francisco's defense really uh, picks someone off. But Drew, this this just seems a little less complicated than the AFC side uh, at this point with Green Bay wrapping up that number one seed this past week as well. It does, and the the. You know, the limitations on this Green Bay squad that you kind of noticed two weeks ago, three weeks ago, where they're just eking past uh, these also rands, uh, you know, the guys to you know, teams that were just stricken with covid and they're you know, they're just getting just barely, barely getting by Baltimore and, and a backup quarterback, just barely getting by Cleveland, who was missing half of their defense. Um, all of that is forgotten when they go out on Sunday night football and just absolutely lambaste the, uh, the sad Vikings and their backup quarterback. Um, but, you know, there this is a defense with the Packers that's getting healthier. Uh, for sure, more reps here from Jair Alexander, more reps from their, uh, you know, from their pass rushers who have missed huge chunks of this season should help that defense perform a lot better in the playoffs than what we have seen at times during the regular season. And uh, pretty obviously, Aaron Rodgers is playing at an MVP level, and he's not a guy that you ever really want to face in a playoff setting, let alone in Lambeau, let alone in cold weather. And I think your point is fair as you look across at the other quote-unquote contenders in the NFC, Rams, Bucks. Dallas, Arizona, um, those are teams that all play in domes, in controlled environments, in warm weather, and now you're going to ask them to go to Lambeau in January and try to get it done in sub-freezing temperatures against Aaron Rodgers, who you know, you know lives and dies up there. So it's a, it's, it's a tough ask now all of a sudden, and it does tilt the balance of power dramatically in favor of the Packers to have that, uh, number one, the bye to continue to get healthier, and then number two, uh, hosting their playoff games in the uh, in the frozen tundra, um, you know, to make matters worse for these other NFC contenders, they, you know, they're all dealing with major issues themselves, either between form uh, and injuries. I don't know that you can feel super confident uh, in any of their 
uh, in any of their chances. Matt Stafford right now is playing at replacement level for the Rams. Tampa Bay has, um, you know, guys they've picked up off the street, catching passes in the absence of all of their, uh, you know, major uh, offensive role players. And then Dallas is kind of a wild card on their own. They're a little bit inflated because they've had a very easy schedule this last half of the season. You know, people believe in this defense being legit, yet, you know, you they go up against a bona fide offense finally in Arizona and they get exposed to a degree. I thought this last weekend and you know, Oh, by the way, the four or five seed, if chalk prevails this weekend is going to be another rematch of Dallas and Arizona. And yes, Kyler Murray will be making his first ever playoff start, but Dak Prescott's not exactly a veteran when it comes to uh, having been in the moment and really uh, performing at, at a high level and, and his play of late has not been super inspiring. So, uh, you know, all of these guys in the NFC playoff mix outside of green Bay have some pretty massive warts. And, uh, you know, while I'm not running, uh, you know, I won't be running to grab the points with the likes of the Eagles or the Niners, certainly not the Saints if they somehow sneak in. Um, you know, really all of these other contenders have some pretty fatal flaws when it comes to, hey, you're going to have to go up to Lambeau and pull off the upset. Drew, it is going to be wide open, which probably means we get the two one seeds playing in Los Angeles uh, in February. Drew, stick around. Uh, we want you to, what do you like in week 18? And, of course, we'll go to the hardwood as well. Drew Dinsick with us for one more segment as we roll on here on a numbers game on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Football season is here and it's time to download BetMGM Nevada. It is Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM is all of your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start betting on sports from anywhere in the state of Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. You must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And, of course, please gamble responsibly. It is a numbers game here on VSIN. I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil Alexander for the rest of the week. And with us right now, of course, uh, the Bet the Edge pod, uh, NBC Sports Edge, and, of course, the Deep Dive podcast as well. Drew Dinsick with us right now. Drew, we went through the wide-open playoff scenarios here. We get to Week 18 now. Usually this would be like the past Week 17 where 
We don't know where some of these teams are falling on motivation, but at least there are some games, Drew, that we know where te- where teams stand and are actually going to try here. Yeah, there's a handful of them. And overall, you know, the last week of the NFL season, this is not new. <laughs> it, it usually is not especially compelling. Uh, there's only a handful of games that quote unquote matter. Um, but uh, that doesn't mean that there it isn't a fun exercise to kind of go through the lines and try to figure out why what why things are the way they are uh, and if there are edges to be found. Um, and I guess the two important rules to remember if you're betting week 18, um, you know, you absolutely have to have respect for what the market has already done. Uh, in some cases where information has been absorbed and, um, completely realized, like say the Dallas Philly game, the fact that Philadelphia is going to be without so many pieces and is basically treating this like an exhibition, um, that's baked into the number. You know, if you just are finding that out by me saying that now, uh, don't run to the window and bet the Cowboys minus seven and a half because, uh, you know, basically everyone in the market who runs a player level model saw Cowboys two and a half, saw the information and bet this out to seven and a half and won't lay seven and a half now with Dallas knowing what we know. Um, and so it's, it's kind of important to recognize that, uh, you know, the, the velocity and sort of the, uh, um, you know, the, the momentum in the market, uh, in general reflects reality. Um, the one exception, uh, that I can tell you this week, at least is that, uh, you know, green Bay has come in from 11 point favorites to about two and a half, two in some spots, minus one and a half in some spots, um, which is, not exactly in line with the messaging we got from Matt LaFleur yesterday. Matt LaFleur yesterday uh, indicated he was not inclined to give his guys three weeks off more or less where he was uh, expecting them to, uh, you know, I, 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 I took away from that, that he's at least going to play Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams for a half of football here. Um, and then even after that, if it's Jordan love against the Detroit lions, is that a downgrade from minus 11 to minus two or minus one and a half? I, I don't make it that much of a downgrade. So uh, green Bay to me still looks like a decent bet, uh, especially if there's a surprise and Aaron Rodgers ends up playing that whole game. Uh, you're not really putting him in at risk of a vicious pass rush, so to speak. Uh, you know, I know the Lions play hard, uh, but it's not especially likely that he's going to be in harm's way in that contest. And if they want, you know, if LaFleur wants to get him some reps to keep him sharp, that's actually not a crazy call uh, because, uh, you know, as noted, uh, you know, they're the only team with a bye week and you don't want to come out flat in that divisional spot and uh, and get surprised. So um, at least uh, this one's going to be fun to watch and see what kind of numbers get hung for the first half market there. Um, if the, It's going to be hysterical if Green Bay closes, you know, minus one and minus one and a half on the full game spread. But in the first half, they're like minus six. Uh, <laughs> that would that would be entirely reasonable. And I would have just a good laugh because I love when weird stuff like that happens. Um, but that one's one that's worth uh, continuing to monitor. Um, the other games of the games that matter, matter, um, you you know, you have the Rams and the Niners, of course, the Chargers and the uh, Raiders are playing in uh, in prime time. And uh, it's been interesting to watch some of the uh, the betters come to the window, play the Niners in the spot. Trey Lance on the road playing for his playoff life uh, is a fascinating angle. And uh, realistically, Shanahan has eaten McVay's lunch for every single time they've gone head to head that I can remember. Um, and this is not a great matchup against a Rams team that really struggles to stop the run. I would expect San Francisco does not put the ball in Trey Lance 
against his hands to throw it as much as they do bring out some dynamic running scheme here to try to get it done on the ground against the Rams. And I personally think that will work. Um, I have the Niners in this contest getting into the mid twenties. I think that team total over is worth a play. If you want to grab the points or grab the money online on the Niners, I'm not stopping you. Um, I think they ultimately punch their ticket to the playoffs here And this Rams team. While they have obviously dynamic performance out of Aaron Donald this season, uh, there's a lot to be desired about uh, just in general, uh, the way that defense is playing, particularly against the running game. So San Francisco should be able to get it done on the ground. And then um, on the, on the other kind of contest of consequence, uh, I like the chargers. I, I don't know that I'm going to uh, run and lay three here. It looks like there's been a little bit of momentum bringing this down in favor of the Raiders and, you know, all the credit in the world to the Raiders for playing through uh, the issues that they have had this year and putting themselves in this spot where they can play their way into the playoffs. But uh, ultimately, the Chargers, as we saw in the first head to head between these two teams, are an absolute nightmare matchup. Uh, assuming that they can get decent pass protection with Slater back, uh, I think that Herbert is going to absolutely carve up this defense. Uh, and so I don't mind laying the points with the chargers, but I am waiting to see if I can get a flat two and a half, as opposed to some of these juicy, juicy two and a halfs that are out there right now. Drew, you're not going to bet the tie in the Raiders chargers game after the Steelers <laughs> win and the Jaguars <laughs> beat the Colts. <laughs> you know what? Uh, you know what the angle there is, is just, uh, just do a, just do a little parlay. You got a little parlay. Go, <laughs> go Jags, Jags money line. Uh, Steelers money line. And then you know what? Don't even take the under or the tie. Just alt under. Right, just the, right. just the the lowest under you can find on that Chargers Raiders game, uh, because boy, if that actually manifests and you have a con a staring contest in prime time, I will I will also that that will be kind of fitting for this NFL season realistically in terms of how some of the product has been. Drew would be the most enjoyable three hours of the whole year <laughs> uh, for for me if that were to happen, but. No, I, I look, I'm with you on the Chargers. We already saw that. I know it was a long time ago in Week Four. But this is just a, I'm with you, this is just a bad matchup for the Raiders. And I expect the Chargers to put basically put up as many points as they want to in this game. So you and I are going to be seeing eye to eye. I'm with you just waiting for a flat two and a half on that one. Drew, of course, uh, you're on the NBA daily as well. It's uh, It's gotten a little bit better COVID-wise in some spots there for some NBA teams that have had their outbreaks and are getting guys back. But how have you been handling the NBA during this really just horrible three weeks of just COVID ha being everywhere in the league, replacement players abound. How have you been handling the NBA? Yeah, I've been treating it lately other than Christmas day where I played all five games. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm nibbling. Uh, and honestly, that's probably a good thing. These last uh, last several days haven't been especially good for me because, as you mentioned, we're in this weird flux where some teams like the let's put let's point to the Toronto Raptors, for instance, Toronto Raptors coming in largely at full strength here. And oh, by the way, because they had so many games canceled, these guys are rested. Um, meanwhile, San Antonio is without half their squad. No Deontay Murray, no Lonnie Walker, the fourth, no Doug McDermott. Um, and, you know, it's it's going to be tough for them to field a competitive contest on the road against a Toronto team that's fully rested. So, you know that, but again, you, then you look at the line and you're like, Oh, Toronto minus six and a half. It's out to six and a half here. That's, you know, that's an unbettable number because Toronto's just, they don't have enough half court offense that uh, I feel comfortable laying a price like that against the Popovich team. Who's going to force them to do it in the half court. So, you know, there's, there are a lot of examples like that. As I look across, uh, look across the NBA in general, 
general. Um, you know, Memphis as a dog is surprising. I know they played last night and they played really well, but uh, you know, Cleveland certainly is is not at full strength with their COVID issues. Where, whereas Memphis and John Morant is playing at a an all pro level right now. Um, Ricky Rubio, of course, is out with uh, his uh, ACL, so he we're not going to see him the rest of the season. Colin Sexton is out, so they're starting to have death by a, a, a several cuts here on top of just uh, you know some of their depth. Isaac Okoro, Chetty Osman unavailable, so um, you know Grizzlies would be an, in, uh, a lean for me at plus three, but waiting for the uh, Memphis injury report to hit the wire on that one before getting involved. Um, and then yeah, the rest of this card is 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 quite fair in my opinion. You're you're starting to see in general some market respect again for the Lakers. Lakers went through a very weird first two months where they were getting huge respect by the market and just getting absolutely dominated by teams that were equal to or clearly better than them. Um, and then, uh, you know, at long last, uh, you know, LeBron James kind of gets his legs under him after having a, a rough, slow start to the season. Uh, and he is just willing this team to, uh, you know, to wins in the absence of any, uh, you know, any help really. Um, but then you look at the line here, six and a half favorite point favorites against the Sacramento Kings team that uh, has played them tough, has played them close. So uh, I'm inclined to look for the dog or pass in that contest. And then, uh, you know, lastly, Phoenix has eight point favorites over New Orleans uh, is an awful, awful lot of respect, even though I love New Orleans, love, love uh, Phoenix, favorite team in the West, favorite team in the NBA, favorite future in my pocket for the uh, NBA uh, title. Uh, just eight is a, is a pretty aggressive number. He's Drew Dinsick. You can get him on the tweets at Will underscore Camper. Of course, the Bet the Edge podcast, uh, uh, NBC Sports Edge deep dive podcast for Drew. And every Tuesday here on a numbers game, Drew, happy new year again. We'll see you next week. All right. Happy new year to you as well. And uh, enjoy the prepping for the Australian Open. which oh, We now have Djokovic in the field. Yes, we do. We'll be ready for that. We're back with more next. Vison has a new great offer to help you make this your best betting year ever. Our new Big Game Big Dance special provides Vison Plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th for just $69. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming Big Game and College Hoops betting guides, plus full access to vison.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year. So don't miss out on one of our best deals yet. Visit vcin.com slash big deal to sign up today. It is a numbers game here on vcin. I'm Jeff Parles. Happy to be with you. I'm in for Gil the rest of the week. Uh, sliding from one side of the studio to the other. Wyatt Tomchak in my chair. And let's get into some NFL awards here because, look, there's very little to bet at this point in the way of awards normally. The MVP race, we can just flash the MVP race real quick, actually, because based off these numbers, the race is over, and I agree with that. Despite Joe Burrow's late charge into this award market, this race is done. Aaron Rodgers is going to win his second consecutive MVP. Despite all the stuff off the field that happened during the year, uh, despite uh, some thought that oh maybe some media media members won't vote for Aaron Rodgers, no, he has to win the award again. 
He's going to win the award again, to win another MVP award, his second consecutive. There's a reason you're laying $4 right now with Aaron Rodgers to win the MVP. The only other one, Tom Brady plus 550, Burrow 12 to 1, Taylor 14 to 1, Cup 30 to 1. No one else has the case that Rodgers does back-to-back one seeds, including another another year where he throws no interceptions. You know why, Tom Check? I said before the year that Rodgers under eight interceptions, even though he had to lay almost $2, was the best bet there was because Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw interceptions. And naturally, Aaron Rodgers threw two in week one. And you think, oh, no, this is going to be the year that Aaron Rodgers throws all those throws throws more interceptions than he's ever thrown in a season. And, of course, where is he at? He's thrown four. Yeah, I was really, really concerned at the beginning really of the year. Really concerned. I was like, two? Like, you don't ever see <laughs> you, – you're surprised to see one. You know, funny fun fact. Yeah. I went to the uh, game in Green Bay against Seattle, so I've seen an Aaron Rodgers pick live this year. Wow. Very rare, good, good, rare instance. Good on you. You know, granted, you also saw one of the worst football games of the entire NFL I season. I thought it was great. Well, the Packers won that yeah, game you know, comfortably. Cold, snowy, we loved it. Wilson did not play well. That was, of course, Rodgers off COVID. Wilson off the mallet finger uh, injury as well. But let's let's get into the rookie of the year because the rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year, I should say, defensive rookie of the year is done. We know who's winning that. Hello, Micah Parsons. Jamar Chase, who was a pretty reasonable underdog last week after his historic performance against Kansas City. 11 catches, 266 yards, three touchdowns. Pretty darn good. Pretty uncoverable last week for Chase. Has taken the favorite away from Mac Jones. Now minus two and a quarter on Chase. Plus 185 on Mac Jones, who had been... Really the predominant favorite, as high as, memory serves me correct, minus 750 at BetMGM to win this award. He's a pretty significant favorite, at least at one point, to win this award. Chase, the last two weeks, has 18 catches for over for 391 yards and three touchdowns after the one catch for three against the Denver Broncos a few weeks ago. Mac Jones, of course, and you know the the ironic part about this is? Mac Jones is coming off arguably his best game of the year, too. Where, I yes, I understand that it's Jacksonville and the Jaguars have packed it up for the offseason and them and the New York football giants have, have reached the depths of despair that you can't take that much. But Mac Jones was the number one quarterback in pro football focus this week, which the fact that Joe Burrow wasn't one was kind of surprising, but... Mac Jones played a great game, uh, 227 yards, 75% completion percentage, three touchdowns, no turnovers. But this is kind of how the narrative, even with how great Jones had played, the three previous games were the three American football passes against Buffalo on the Monday night where New England won. Up, Up and down performance against Indianapolis where he played very well in, in the fourth quarter, but was pretty pedestrian before that. And then a performance against Buffalo where he didn't play well. He was under 50%. He threw two picks. They lost the game. But I think at this point, if you have a bloated ticket on Chase, I would consider taking a sliver on Mac Jones at this plus number again because it's out there. Just because you look at the two opponents this week and you look at the clinching scenarios for both of these teams, New England, hypothetically, if again unlikely, if the New York Jets go to West, go to Orchard Park, New York, 
and beat the Buffalo Bills as a 17-point underdog, and New England beats Miami. New England wins the AFC East. Now, am I saying that's going to happen? No, I'm not. But they have a better chance to advance up than Cincinnati. Cincinnati, if they win, they get the three, unless if Kansas City and Tennessee both lose in front of them, both are double-digit favorites. I don't foresee that happening. And you'll know Kansas City's result before you even take the field on Sunday afternoon. Because, of course, Kansas City plays on Saturday in Denver. But I think, Mac Jones, if you have a big bloated ticket on Chase, I think it's worth a, sl- a sliver on Mac Jones. At least put something in your pocket there at plus 185. Because, obviously, it's going to be one of these two guys winning the award when this is announced the weekend of the Super Bowl. Now, look, Gil and I talked about this a little bit yesterday. The NFL coach of the year market, where you look at this, Matt LaFleur and Zach Taylor at BetMGM are co-favorites now. They're both plus 160. Of course, LaFleur and the Packers' second straight year is the one seed in the NFC. They don't have to play their guys. Matt LaFleur, if the Packers win, Matt LaFleur becomes the first coach in NFL history to have three losses or less in every season he has coached in his first three years in the league. Just an incredible achievement. I know he is Aaron Rodgers. I know Aaron Rodgers will get the majority of the credit. But, man, it is impressive what LaFleur has done this year. Yet again, even with Aaron Rodgers coming back. Zach Taylor, plus 160. Now, Wyatt, I have a question for you, and I'm curious on what you think here. Because I'm in the camp now where Taylor's clearly improved as a head coach. Because he looked so lost on the sidelines in his first year in 2019 when Cincinnati went 2-14. and 14. Then they draft Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, of course, gets hurt last year, comes back, and to me is quarterback number four in the NFL right now. Are we buying that this is Zach Taylor related and not just Joe Burrow related? It is To me, it is Joe Burrow related and the fact that they've drafted very well building that offense. I'm not certain Zach Taylor is any good, but now we know how narratives work. We know how narratives influence voters in this. Zach Taylor, plus 160, I understand why he's co-favorite. I would not have him as my co-favorite. For me right now, I think Mike Vrabel should win the award at plus 350. Because what if Tennessee gets the one seed, assuming they beat Houston, which, remember, Houston already beat them this year. The fact that Derrick Henry will have played less than half of their games, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones have been a non-factor. A.J. Brown has been a hurt for a good chunk of the year. Your quarterback is still Ryan Tannehill, who is much better than we thought, but is still at best league average. And you get the one seed, and on top of it, the analytics community does not like this Tennessee team where they are either going to be 6th or 7th by a lot of numbers out there in the AFC playoffs, and they get the one seed, that's where my vote would go. Vrabel would be my vote. And the other thing, too, number two, my my number two vote, actually, is a dude who's 40-1 to one right now. Nick Sirianni would be my second vote because the Eagles are in the playoffs with, to me, their offensive line is the best in football this year. There's no arguing that. Them in Indianapolis are the only two you can argue, I should say. But they are in the playoffs, and I know they've beaten no one, but they still are going to get to the playoffs with 
a quarterback that I don't think is a long-term NFL quarterback as a, as a starter and a team that just isn't particularly good. And yet they are in the postseason. I think it's crazy that Nick Sirianni's 40 to one. I think that I don't think, I don't know if he, if he wins it. I don't even know if he finishes in top three, but Nick Sirianni deserves legitimate coach of the year consideration. If I had, a, again, you only vote for the top one. My ballot would be Vrabel one, Sirianni two, and then Taylor three. LaFleur and Taylor basically are the same to me. I think they're products of their quarterbacks more than their coaching ability. So there you go. Mike Vrabel at plus 350. That's my vote. That would be my bet. Dad, and I guess you take a take a sprinkle on Sirianni at 40. I don't think he wins, but the fact that the Eagles are in the playoffs, this version of the Philadelphia Eagles is pretty darn impressive from Nick Sirianni. Jim Root is going to join us next. College basketball, one of the sports that's been hit hardest by COVID. We'll ask Jim how he's been handling it from a betting perspective next on a numbers game on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. All the action you need is at BetMGM. Sign up using the bonus code VSIN1000, and your first wager is Rick's free. Up to $1,000 when you register with BetMGM. You'll get all. You'll also get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. Plus, you'll earn MLife rewards that you can redeem for room nights and dining at any MGM resort nationwide. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com. And once again, enter the bonus code VSIN1000. That's VSIN1000 to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. And of course, visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 or older to place a wager. And it's a new customer offer only. And the promotional offer is not available in the state of Nevada. It is a numbers game here on VSIN. I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil Alexander Wyatt Tomchak here as well. But now with us, a three man weave, one of the best college basketball minds there is in the space. Jim Root is with us right now. Jim, as always, oh, well, wait a second. Are we in a, a sign of distress for the Mizzou uh, flag behind you? Yeah, it's a silent protest. I have it flipped <laughs> upside down. It does not go right side up until they play an impressive game against a good team. As long as they keep getting blown out by their best competition. 
Upside down it is. Uh, we may be. We, we, Mizzou's on COVID pause, and uh, their next game's against Alabama, so we might be waiting a little bit for that yeah. flag to uh, flip upside down. Uh, speaking of COVID pause, Jim, uh, college basketball's been the sport that's been hit the hardest, especially these last two weeks uh, by this uh, the, the Omicron variant and this spike in COVID cases across the country. Just how are you handling this on a day-by-day basis with uh, really games games getting axed 30 minutes before them at this point? Yeah, mostly yanking my hair out, I would say, <laughs> is the, 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 the main thing I've been doing. But, uh, yeah, yesterday, Oregon State and Sacramento State were warming up on the court in uniform, and they ushered them off the floor and canceled the game. Like, it's it's that last minute right now. Uh, so it's been it's been a headache. I mean, I think this year, even because of – Contact tracing isn't as big of a thing with vaccinated players. You have more one-off absences too, where like one guy tests positive and is out, the team can still play and you have the surprise lineup check. So it's been a lot of be tuned into lineups. You might have to buy off a bet. You might get to add a bet late if there's a couple key guys out for a team. So it's been a lot more lineup based and getting down to game time and being tuned in on that. And that's, you know, that adds time to the, to the process, but it is valuable. Jim, uh, just going back to last night on the games that were played, arguably the most impressive performance by anyone this year was Wisconsin last night, going on the road to West Lafayette, beating Purdue. Johnny Davis, what what a stud he is, just continues to carry the Badgers forward into being a legitimate NCAA tournament team. But but Jim, what, what do we take away from that? Because going into the year, Wisconsin looked like, ah, oh, this is going to be a down year for Greg Garden company. And all of a sudden now ranked and beating Purdue in their own building. Yeah, I, I think there's there's good takeaways for both teams here. I mean, for Wisconsin, they backed up everything they did at Maui. You know, mm-hmm. they won that Maui Invitational, beat full strength Houston, which is is not something we can really say anymore because Houston's not full strength. But the Johnny Davis breakout stardom is completely legitimate. He had half their points last night, 37 of the 74, just a total star. And then the other side. Purdue's defense is is concerning. Like it, it might be their fatal flaw. There's a big possession where I think they were down two, and they just lost Johnny Davis. And he hit a three, put him up five with like a minute left, and that was kind of a microcosm of everything that's been going wrong for the Boilermakers. They they lose key guys on the other team. Opponent stars repeatedly have monster games against them. I, I think they just don't really have a wing stopper, and their their big center combination has hurt them in defending in space. So they've got to sort that out before we can really, you know, crown them as the best team in the Big Ten. Right now they're under 500 at one and two. Don't forget the Rutgers loss. I forgot yeah. the Rutgers loss until you said one and two. That was, of course, uh, uh, the dramatics at the end there with Harper hitting that 40-footer to give Rutgers yeah. uh, their, their their best win of the season by far. But, but Jim, uh, just now looking to today, uh, of course, you were on uh, the nightcap last night, uh, Tim Murray, Sean King here on the network, and – Marquette was getting two points at home against Providence at the time. You're not getting two points anymore. You're looking at a pick between a really a, a good story in the Friars who have been tremendous this year. And then Marquette who has been great as a home underdog so far this year. Yeah, this is kind of the ultimate test of whether these predictive rankings are right. Like I, there's a big hullabaloo from a couple of the writers in the Northeast that uh, how is Providence still ranked 40th with all these great wins they have? They have the most Q1 wins in the country. They're so much better than their analytical rankings suggest. And now here they are, a pick them against a team that's 0-3 in the Big East. Uh, clearly has been inferior to Providence this year, but the market seems to have agreed with my take last night that Marquette is the side. I think... 
getting them in this hype home spot. Providence playing their second road game in the Midwest in a couple of days here. They've been basically unassailable, just playing near perfect lately. But I think this is where that gravy train runs out. The Golden Eagles get the big win, backs against the wall here, get out of the the Big East cellar and, and take down the riding high friars. The Big East, the, with the struggles of Villanova, even though they got the big win over the over Seton Hall on the over the weekend, Seton Hall, the COVID issues really took the steam out of the uh, out of the sails uh, for them. But uh, but Jim, uh, just the rest of that conference too, they they really kind of need Providence to be real with the way this is kind of broken down this year. Yeah, they they I think they're the big power conference aside from maybe the Pac-12 that that's been hurt the most by COVID. Like mm-hmm. Seton Hall's had issues, UConn's currently on pause, St. John's basically everybody tested positive on that roster. So you go down the line and they've had some real issues with some of the teams they expected to be their standard bearers, the guys at the top of the league. Villanova had some of those, you know, they tripped up in their big tests in the non-conference. So I think overall the league's record against you know, the top couple of quadrants in the in the non-conference was impressive, but they lack that huge star power team that's a true national title threat. So they got to get by on depth rather than the elite squads. And, and Providence seems to be a team that could emerge into one of those top end teams. We'll, we'll see if they're for real tonight. Jim, number one is in action again. Baylor reloaded and not not quite the team they were last year, but still pretty darn good. They're a 12 and a half point favorite against Oklahoma tonight and Porter Mosier's squad. But, but Jim, just what Scott Drew has been able to do at Waco obviously was impressive. And now after winning a title, it looked like it was going to be all right. There'll be a tournament team, but no real threat. They look like a legitimate threat again to get back to a final four for a second consecutive year. Yeah, hundred percent. It's you know, the defense was kind of the story last year against Gonzaga in that national title game. And their defense might be better this year. Like they're more versatile. They've got bigger wings. They're more switchable. Last year was kind of the smaller guards, and then Mark Vital was just everywhere. This year with the two freshmen, Sohan and Brown, they're they're unstoppable on that end. They're a freight train. And against Oklahoma tonight, who could be down Tanner Groves, the lights out big man that transferred from Eastern Washington. I think Baylor's going to really show up and give a strong, strong home performance. So keep an eye on the lineup here. This is one with the COVID stuff that I mentioned earlier, you got to check the lineup. If Groves is out, I think the bears roll tonight. Jim, uh, we have about two minutes to go here in the segment. What else are you looking at today? Uh, well, it's like one I gave last night and Tim Shaw, I'll stick by it. It's the, the Tulsa Memphis under, I, I think there's going to be some scoring issues on both sides. The Memphis athleticism is overwhelming, but then Tulsa on the other end throws out this tricky matchup zone that is going to be a problem for a, a Memphis team that has struggled to solve man to man. And now you put, Matchup zone against them. I think they're going to have some issues with shot selection and turnovers. So that that is one I'm looking at. And then uh, another one, probably the the road dog of Air Force heading on the road to Colorado State. Colorado State, another team off a long COVID pause, had a lot of guys out of the lineup. Air Force, on the other hand, feisty dog, another team that plays a tricky zone. It's hard to figure out. Uh, they're getting almost 20 points here. Uh, I think, you know, immune to altitude, both these teams play in Colorado. So I don't think that helps their, their home court. I think Air Force can hang around, make this one kind of gross, low scoring, and, and frustrate a Colorado State team that's probably out of rhythm. Jim, uh, just looking at the way that this landscape is playing out here in the last 60 seconds here while we have you, when we see Gonzaga back from pause, when we see the other elite teams back from pause, 
How long do you think it's going to take for these teams to find themselves again? Yeah, to get truly back to the elite, it'll probably be a game or two. I, the, the best example last year was Baylor off their pause, lost a couple of games, especially the, the really alarming one. And I forget who it was too. I'm slipping my mind right now. Uh, but they could have been undefeated without that pause. And eventually they got it back for the NCAA tournament. So I, I think it's gonna, they're going to get there. It'll probably just take a couple of games. So tread lightly with these elite teams off the pauses. Of course, Duke off a pause tonight as well. They get Georgia Tech. So another one of those elite teams back tonight. Uh, he's Jim Root. Of course, uh, get him on the tweets. At one of the best handles there is at Second Chance Points. Of course, the two at the beginning of that off. Three-man weave as well. Him, Kai, and Matt do a great job over there breaking down college hoops every single day. Jim, pleasure as always. Thanks for being with us today. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Of course. When we get back on a numbers game, we are going to look at the playoff picture in the NFL as we head into the final week of the National Football League season. That's next on a numbers game here on VCNE Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare 